You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way, so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. Unless, of course, this is your first time, first episode listening here, in which case, just welcome. I'm glad you're here. My name is Mike, and this is the Bible. Just read out loud. I try to be as conversational with it as possible. Uh, and I'm not doing anything to bring the Bible to life. The Bible is already alive. It says it's living and active. That's what it says about itself. But sometimes our perception of it and our experience of the Bible can just get a little bit stale sometimes. So that's what we're helping to avoid, helping to fight, helping to uh, help us to just experience this in a new and refreshing way. And uh, season one of the podcast was all about certain books of the Bible kind of in a way that I would recommend for people who are just getting used to the Bible or maybe just starting their relationship with Jesus in, uh, and going through that. If you haven't uh, gone to listen through season one there, it goes through the life of Jesus, a couple great uh, teachings from Paul, and going back to the beginning for a, a kind of that foundation knowledge of how everything started here on earth and in our lives. Uh, and now... We're calling it season two. I don't know if it really matters which season is which. I don't know. We're just going through the Bible in in uh, a semi-strategic order. Uh, but here in season two, we're revisiting one of the, of the biographies of Jesus in the book of Luke. And we will continue on from there. But we are here in the book of Luke. And it's different than the book of Mark. Where we started in Mark was a biography of Jesus. But Mark had a different focus, different thing he wanted to bring out. Luke has a, a focus on Jesus as the Son of Man, as a human. And one very human thing we experienced last episode is how often Jesus was interrupted. He was interrupted constantly. And that's something we can relate to, isn't it? <laughs> right? And But let's not chalk up his ability to have compassion in those situations purely because he's God. Remember, Jesus is showcased as the Son of Man in this book of Luke. And so if he can do it, we can do it. Where we can't do it, we can recognize our need for him. And that's the point. We can't do this alone. As we read today in Luke chapters 9 through 11, let's think about how we are better together and how all we need is need. He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them out to preach God's kingdom and to heal the sick. He said to them, take nothing for your journey, no staves, no wallet, nor bread, nor money. Don't have two coats each. Into whatever house you enter, stay there and depart from there. As many as don't receive you when you depart from that city, shake off even the dust from your feet. For a testimony against them. Well, they departed and went throughout the villages, preaching the good news and healing everywhere. Now, Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by him, and he was very perplexed because it was said by some that John had risen from the dead, and by some that Elijah had appeared, and 
by others that one of the old prophets had risen again. Herod said, I beheaded John, but who is this about whom I hear such things? He sought to see him. The apostles, when they had returned, told him the things they had done. He took them and withdrew apart to a desert region of a city called Bethsaida. But the multitudes, perceiving it, followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them of God's kingdom, and he cured those who needed healing. The day began to wear away, and the twelve came and said to him, Just send the multitudes away that they may go into the surrounding villages and farms and lodge and get food, for we're here in a deserted place. But he said to them, you give them something to eat. They said, we we have no more than five loaves and, and two fish, unless we should go and buy food for all these people, for there were about 5,000 men. He said to his disciples, make them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did so and made them all sit down. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to the sky, he blessed them, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before the multitude. They ate and were all filled. They gathered up 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. As he was praying alone, the disciples were with him and he asked them, Who do the multitudes say that I am? They answered, "Uh, John the baptizer, uh, but others say Elijah and others that one of the old prophets had risen again. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, the Christ of God. But he warned them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and the third day be raised up. He said to all, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever will lose his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits his own self? For whoever will be ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you the truth, there are some of those who stand here who will in no way taste of death until they see God's kingdom. About eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter, John, and James, and went up onto the mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became white and dazzling. Two men were talking with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now, Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but... When they were fully awake, they saw his glory, and the two men who stood with him, as they were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he was saying. When he said these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered into the cloud. A voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. 
When the voice came, Jesus was found alone. They were silent and told no one in those days any of the things which they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great multitude met him. A man from the crowd called out, saying, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he's my only child. Behold, a a spirit takes him. He suddenly cries out, and it convulses him so that he foams, and it hardly departs from him, bruising him severely. I I begged your disciples to cast it out, and, and they couldn't. Jesus answered, Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. When he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him violently. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. They were all astonished at the majesty of God. But while all were marveling at all the things which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Let these words sink into your ears, for the Son of Man will be delivered up into the hands of men. They didn't understand the saying. It was concealed from them that that they should not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about the saying. An argument arose among them about which of them was the greatest. Jesus, perceiving the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and set him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this little child in my name receives me. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For whoever is least among you all, this one will be great. John answered, Master, we we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he doesn't follow with us. Jesus said to him, Don't forbid him, for he who is not against us is for us. It came to pass when the days were near that he should be taken up, he intently set his face to go to Jerusalem and set messengers before his face. They went and entered into a village of the Samaritans so as to prepare for him. They didn't receive him because he was traveling with his face set toward Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from the sky and destroy them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them. You don't know what kind of spirit you are. For the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. They went to another village, and as they went on the way, a certain man said to him, I want to follow you wherever you go, Lord. Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes and the birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another, follow me. But he said, "Uh, Lord, uh, allow me to first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But you go and announce God's kingdom. Another also said, I want to follow you, Lord, but uh, first allow me to say goodbye to, to those who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for God's kingdom. Now, after these things, the Lord also appointed 70 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every city and place where he was about to come. Then he said to them, The harvest is indeed plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, to the Lord of the harvest that he may send out laborers into his harvest. Go your ways. I send you out as 
lambs among wolves, carry no purse, nor wallet, nor sandals, greet no one on the way, into whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on him, but if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking the things they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Don't go from house to house, into whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat the things that are set before you. Heal the sick who are there, and tell them God's kingdom has come near to you. But into whatever city you enter, and they don't receive you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust from your city that clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that God's kingdom has come near to you. I tell you, it'll be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works that had been done in Tyre and Sidon, which were done in you, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. You, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me. Whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Well, the seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. He said to them, I saw Satan having fallen like lightning from heaven. I give you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing will in any way hurt you. Nevertheless, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for so it was well-pleasing in your sight. Turning to the disciples, he said, All things have been delivered to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and he to whomever the Son desires to reveal him. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see things that you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings desired to see the things which you see and didn't see them, and to hear the things which you hear and didn't hear them. A certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What's written in the law? How do you read it? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. He said to him, You've answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, A certain man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and He fell among robbers who both stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance, a certain priest was going down that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. In the same way, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he traveled, came to where he was. 
when he saw him, he was moved with compassion, came to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. He set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the host, and said, Take care of him. Whatever you spend beyond that, I'll repay you when I return. Now, which of these three do you think seemed to be a neighbor to him who fell among the robbers? He said, He who showed mercy on him. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. As they went on their way, he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister left me to serve alone? Ask her to help me. Jesus answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. When he finished praying in a certain place, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. He said to them, well, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And bring us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He said to them, Which of you, if you go to a friend at midnight and tell him, Friend, uh, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he, from within, will answer and say, Don't bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give it to you. I tell you, although he will not rise and give it to him because he's his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. I tell you, keep asking and it will be given you. Keep seeking and you'll find. Keep knocking and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, it will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or, or if he asks for a fish, he won't give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he asks for an egg, he won't give him a scorpion, will he? If, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke, and the multitudes marveled. But some of them said, eh, He casts out demons by Beelzebul, the prince of demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. A house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, but if, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your children cast them out? 
therefore they will be your judges. But if I, by God's finger, cast out demons, then God's kingdom has come to you. When the strong man, fully armed, guards his own dwelling, his goods are safe. But when someone stronger attacks him and overcomes him, he takes from him his whole armor in which he trusted and divides the plunder. He that is not with me is against me. He who doesn't gather with me scatters. The unclean spirit, when he's gone out of the man, passes through dry places, seeking rest, and finding none, he says, I'll turn back to my house from which I came out. When he returns, he finds it swept and put in order. Then he goes and takes seven other spirits more evil than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. The last state of that man will become worse than the first. It came to pass, as he said these things, a certain woman out of the multitude lifted up her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast which nursed you. But he said, On the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. When the multitudes were gathering together to him, he began to say, This is an evil generation. It seeks after a sign. No sign will be given to it but the sign of Jonah the prophet. For even as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so the Son of Man will also be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and will condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, one greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will stand up in the judgment with this generation and will condemn it. For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and one greater than Jonah is here. No one, when he's lit a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But when it's evil, your body is also full of darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly full of light, as when the lamp with its bright shining gives you light. Now, as he spoke, a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. He went in and sat at the table. When the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed himself before dinner. The Lord said to him, well, Now you Pharisees cleanse the outside of the cup and of the platter, but your inward part is full of extortion and wickedness. You foolish ones, didn't he who make the outside make the inside also? But give for gifts to the needy those things which are within, and behold, all things will be clean to you. But woe to you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb, but you bypass justice and God's love. You ought to have done these and not have left the other undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, for you love the best seats in the synagogues and the greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you're like hidden graves, and the men who walk over them don't know it. One of the lawyers answered him, Teacher, in saying this, you insult us also. He said, Woe to you, lawyers, also. For you load men with burdens that are difficult to carry, and you yourselves won't even lift one finger to help carry those burdens. Woe to you, for you build the tombs of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. 
So you testify and consent to the works of your fathers, for they killed them, and you build their tombs. Therefore also the wisdom of God said, I will send to them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, that the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, it will be required of this generation. Woe to you, lawyers, for you took away the key of knowledge. You didn't enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in, you hindered. As he said these things to them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to be terribly angry, and to draw many things out of him, lying in wait for him and seeking to catch him in something he might say, that they might accuse him. Jesus wasn't running a one-man show. He honestly could have, but he chose to involve 12 close disciples to do the work with him. He empowered 70 other disciples to go out and represent him. And when it was time to feed thousands of people, he asked his disciples to do it. Of course, they couldn't do it themselves, but his asking allowed them to recognize their need. Need is the one thing the Pharisees didn't have. Are you trying to handle your responsibilities on your own? Maybe Jesus put you in your exact position to recognize your need. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Domini. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening.